Welcome out to Peekappy Podcast, your Pokemon anime podcast. We've made it through the Slateport City contest, but we're not done with our adventures in Slateport City. So today's episode will follow Advanced Generation number 36, Spiel of Approval, and we'll see what hijinks our kids can get up to in the city before they hit the open road again. Thank you so much for listening. As always, Peak Happy Podcast is brought to you by Poke Press, and you should definitely head on over to their YouTube channel and hit up some interviews uh, with Brian Oliver, who did animation for Kids WB, um, reports from Anime Milwaukee, and discussions of Pokemon music, some of which I am involved in. So if you just can't get enough of my voice... Or, or if you can, and you want some other voices in your ears from time to time, um, Poke Press on YouTube is a great channel to check out to get perspectives from all over the Pokemon fandom, news and articles and discussions and interviews. Um, you can also check them out at pokepress.blogspot.com. So check out their content and thank them for support of this show after this episode, which is, as I said, number 36 of Advanced Generation. So, as I said, Slateport City Contest is over, and though it did not end how May wanted, she is in high spirits. Because they're in a city, she can hit up every good eatery and shopping space in town. And you know, no one else has much planned for the afternoon, so Brock's on board with shopping, Ash and Pikachu are going to go get cultured, and so Brock and May go one way, Ash goes the other and with Max and Toe. Unfortunately, the museum, the marine museum that Ash wanted to see is closed. And that's such a shame, because it's not every day that Ash is like, ho-hum, what should I do with my day? I know, I'll go learn things. Like, <laughs> But he's pretty disappointed. Not as disappointed as Max, who is like, iron bars cannot stop me from learning. <laughs> he actually tries to climb the walls and break and enter in order to see this museum. And Ash is like... I wish one of these days your sister would babysit you. <laughs> anyway, Max fails at wall climbing, thank goodness. And then he's caught in the act by another little kid. It looks kind of like a bug catcher design. He accuses Max of being a thief, and by extension, Ash. Max protests, but, you know... While not intending to steal anything physical, you were intending to break and enter, so in a technical sense, yeah, you were kind of plotting to rob that organization. Overhead costs and such are a thing, and definitely, definitely, unauthorized entry does not get a free pass with the law just because you're a kid. In Max's defense, he has been hanging with Ash and his friends who accidentally trespass all the time. 
There's just a difference, you know, when you do it on purpose. Anyway, the kid decides to teach them a lesson via Pokemon battle with his spiel. And Ash is much less concerned with any legal implications than getting a Pokedex reading on that Pokemon. This spiel, it's a little round, walrusy thing. It doesn't matter that he's distracted and off his game, though, since that particular spiel does Pokemon battles kind of like James's Cacnea does. It's playful and mischievous and would rather applaud and bounce around and hug its trainer than fight, and most of its attacks end up attacking this poor kid. He's a little embarrassed, and Ash is like, Oh, been there. Newbie trainer, I recognize the signs. Anyway, the kid calls for Blizzard, and Ash decides maybe it's a good idea to do something now. He has Pikachu use Thunderbolt, and... Well, there is a marked difference in skill level. Thunderbolt beats back Blizzard and knocks Feel out. And this kid is like, How could I lose to a dumb Pikachu? So, um... <laughs> Admittedly, in the games, Pikachu as a species tend to have weak-ish stats. It's not a popular choice for, for the competitive circuit. But the kid's not taking into account the natural type advantage, uh, the fact that Pikachu's more trained and his trainer is more experienced. Also, Pikachu can focus. So Max goes and shows off his knowledge, like, of course it could beat you. Tries to be a little know-it-all. Anyway, after making sure feels okay, this kid, Marius, remembers, oh yeah, these guys are thieves. And as a man comes around the corner, Captain Stern, Marius decides that they need to call Officer Jenny. Max protests, there's some back and forth, but when Max says he's sorry for trying to climb the walls, Marius apologizes for sicking a feel on him before he could explain. And that kind of settles it for the captain. He was not around to realize that, no, Max actually was legit trying to break and enter your museum. But as far as he's concerned, if the boys seem okay with each other, it's probably fine. So the captain introduces himself properly. He's the curator of the Marine Museum. A mysterious something came up and they had to close the doors for a bit, but the captain says it's okay for Ash and Max to take a look around now. He'll give them the personal tour. Little do they all know, Team Rocket is watching. Although, they probably should have expected that by now. Maybe Jesse and James will learn something. Captain Stern has spent his life studying Pokemon marine biology, and all of his findings get documented in this museum. And a cool thing about the museum, it, it makes models of Pokemon in order to study their habitats, so there's, there's lots of cool things for the kids to look at. And as they're showing those off, Marius declares his love of Goldeen and his dream to catch one and evolve it into Gyarados. It's like, maybe not the most attainable dream, but thankfully he has other ones, like going on a Pokemon journey in a yellow submarine. Yeah, he's going to take a sub out to, to see and learn about underwater Pokemon, and it's going to be a blast. Captain Stern is building a submarine now. He's got a side hustle as a shipbuilder, and, and Marius just wants to be with him and just be like him, sailing and researching and diving. He wants to find all the cool stuff, like one thing that Captain Stern found, a smooth, dark rock that looks like it's been subject to extreme heat. It's, it's kind of scorched. Captain Stern hasn't dated it yet, hasn't done a lot of research on it yet, but he found it on the ocean's floor. It could have been undisturbed for some time and lead to some new discoveries. 
Several things could have happened to make this rock what it is. Volcanic magma or the actions of a Pokemon. Learning about this rock could teach us more about the planet and maybe more about Pokemon life. Uh, Maybe they'll uncover a Pokemon mystery. But before that, let's take a break. The ice cream truck has arrived. Snow cones. Get your snow cones, kids. It's a hot day. Who could resist? Luring children with sweets. Of course it's Team Rocket. The captain stays behind to work while the kids head off outside to the trap. But wait. If Team Rocket's outside running a con, who's the shadowy person breaking into the museum? Hmm. But in the meantime, the kids are just shoveling down those snow cones and getting brain freeze. Max has a moment to wonder, like, hey, why are these people selling snow cones out here? The museum's not open. No one's going to be their customers but us. Which... I would applaud his natural perception role if it wasn't the easiest thing to debunk. Like, employers sometimes make you just do dumb stuff. (laughs) I I have tried to sell flowers in grocery store parking lots with lightning and gale winds outside. Like, can I come inside? No, perhaps some lunatic soul is going to buy an azalea. Like, stay out there, grunt. (laughs) Like... And one of my jobs now, I work at an ice rink. Uh, A private party booked the rink for two hours last week. They all left after one hour. It's 8.30 p.m. We can't let the public skate on it. The customers are all gone. Can we shut it down? No, the customer paid for it. So we're just going to sit here and watch ice melt. Sometimes employers make you do stuff that defies logic. So bravo for your critical thinking, Max. Keep that going. But if this is the only flag Team Rocket's going to raise all month, it's kind of one of the wimpier ones. Like, I think I would be less critical if these kids, and Max in particular, were prone to more suspicion on more things, and that led to further thought and investigation. But since it really is just a shot in the blue throwing a dart into the air and hitting the one thing that, like, it actually could kind of make sense for them to be here. I'm just like, oh, Max, oh, Max. But it doesn't really matter anyway, because through the brain freeze, the kids are kind of immobilized. Team Rocket can steal Pikachu with their bare hands and then trap the twerps in a cage, and even once it all goes down, the kids are like, I can't move, I can't think, I know bad things are happening, but I can't do anything about it. So, while the kids are battling brain freeze, that mysterious someone is still breaking into the museum, and they shut off the power. In the blackout, three figures in red drop into view. Team Magma. They steal the ocean rock sample that Captain Stern was researching, which makes things inconvenient for Captain Stern. His research is going to severely suffer without the item. He bursts into his dark office and demands why. Team Magma won't say. Probably for the best, none of their life goals make any sense. There's not much Captain Stern can do right now. With a shadow ball from Mightyena, Team Magma disappears like Darkwing Duck into the night. Except it's not night. It's daylight. It's stark daylight outside. Like, like Team Magma tries to look cool, but this escape is all kinds of awkward. And yeah, like, Team Rocket and the kids see them easily running across the lawn and team rocket they have a bit of an axe to grind against team magma remembers they abandon the twerps to go chasing meanwhile the kids have double the motivation to escape their cage they've got to save pikachu and the rock samples 
So Marius calls for Sfeel to use Body Slam and break the cage. Sfeel claps and claps, then tackles Marius. Max just looks over at Ash. He's like, yeah, I got this, okay. Calls out Corfish. So they escape the cage just in time for Team Rocket to attack Team Magma and then get their butts handed to them. They go blasting off. Pikachu is freed, and Ash didn't even have to do a thing about it. But it did stall Team Magma, and once Ash and the others run up to reunite with Pikachu, they can focus on that. Or they would. Except Captain Stern wants first crack at the punks. He calls out Celio, a giant walrus Pokemon, and asks for Aurora Beam. Marius gets the rock from this exchange, and Team Magma tries to battle their way back out. Ash is like, I will take you all on. (laughs) He's getting a little frustrated with Team Magma, I think. He and Captain Stern amass their Pokemon and they go into battle, and the captain orders Max and Marius on his signal to run into town for Officer Jenny. And there's a neat little moment where Max protests but is cut off by Marius being like, Yes, sir! Captain, sir! (laughs) Chain of command is a beautiful thing, makes things very efficient. The boys run off when the first attacks clash. Um, basically they disappear in the smoke, but they don't stay disappeared for long. It's the same problem Team Magma had earlier. (laughs) And they have to escape getting blasted by a shadow ball by jumping off a cliff. Was this the fastest way to town, Marius? I have doubts. But they dive from the cliff into the sea, miraculously don't hit a rock on the way down. Presumably Sfeel is supposed to save them, but I'm with Max. I am very worried. But the miracle of miracle occurs, the little bouncing ball of blubber can focus when it counts, and Max and Marius are able to meet up with May and Brock, who have finished their shopping for now. That is, May has finally exited a store, and Brock seems just finished. But they hear what's happening over at the museum, and they're going to be the cavalry. In the meantime, Captain Stern hands the briefcase holding the rock sample to Ash and tells him to run for it. He'll stay back and distract Team Magma. They're a little bit cornered up here. So Ash does, but his escape is stopped by Mightyena and a Shadow Ball, which hits just in front of Ash and knocks him and all his Pokemon to the ground. The case goes flying, and when it hits, it bursts open and the rock snaps into two pieces. Uh Uh-oh. Mightyena retrieves the larger piece for its masters, and then Team Magma got what they wanted. They leave. And this is the thing about Team Magma that gets me, or or one of the many things, really. If they'd have just asked, like, posed as research scientists, which they kind of are, and were just like, hey, fellow colleague, we see you have made a great discovery. We, too, are studying marine Pokemon and heat and things. Could we compare notes? Perhaps take a small sample of this rock for our own analysis? Like, they could have gotten so much further than just break in and steal and let everyone know we're evil and plotting things. (laughs) Like, it's one of the things that makes Team Rocket, like both the organization and even Jesse and James, so formidable. Like, they're capable of playing the straight-up evil card. Like, if you get in our way, we have no compunction attacking you and raising your buildings to the ground in broad daylight and making it look like an accident. But first, they always try the finesse plan. 
Team Rocket plants agents in every level of the Pokemon League, every research facility. They have business fronts like Pokemon Land, and, you know, they don't want to steal Pokemon, they'll send all the trainers out into a boat and make it look like the ship mysteriously sank. Like, they get so much done that most people don't even know about. And that's how they've been able to survive through Kanto. Officer Jenny, she can kill a head here or there, but not the Hydra. Because she does not even know how far the infrastructure spreads. And basically every single one of Team Rocket's plans, Jesse and James or Butch and Cassidy or whatever, starts with being stealthy, often running a con and, and approaching people directly and being polite. And they tend to get pretty far with that. And it's such a common practice that when the gloves do come off and it's like, okay, grunts, masks on, guns out, like, it takes you by surprise. Like, you almost forget how legitimately scary Team Rocket is because most of the time they have kind of a friendlier face on. I think Team Magma could take some lessons, but then they'd also need some more realistic goals. And for all my criticism, they did get what they wanted and escaped, so... But it is funny to me, because the Captain Stern, he's all impressed by the getaway plan, like, their ship came right on cue, how organized! But, you know, there were so many distractions and delays before that thing showed up. Like, for it to be right on cue, it should have flown in back when Team Rocket was still part of the battle. If Team Magma had gotten out of the complex undetected, they'd have been waiting around the side of the cliff anxiously, like, oh my gosh, where's the getaway driver? Come on, dude! Like... I just, Team Magma looks so scary, and their plans could possibly overthrow the Earth, but, like, they're kind of a bunch of morons, and it's, it's what I love about them. Anyway, the drama is over. Who knows what Team Magma's planning to do with that rock, but there was a small piece left behind. So, Captain Stern can continue his research. Ash and friends can continue on to Marvel City for a gym battle, and Marius and Spiel can continue practicing and developing their partnership, because they kind of need it. The story continues. A fun episode, the plot with Team Magma thickens. I kind of love the cute idea of, like, Team Rocket being able to, like, snatch Pikachu, like, with no trouble at all, just by giving them all brain freeze. And another episode of Ash and Max and, you know, pseudo-brotherly bonding time, which is always a good thing. Anyway, that concludes the episode for now. We'll head on with the rest of the Pokemon journey as we continue to Mauville City over the next few episodes. And if you want to comment on this episode, you can do so at pcappypodcast.blogspot.com or send an email to pcappypodcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at Peacappy Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. This has been Peacappy Podcast. Gotta catch them all. Peacappy.